this Friday. Yes. Oh, man, I left the weather in my office. Oh, no. I'll read it off my phone. We got... Uh, or I'll grab it. Ryman's doing news. That's what I'll do. All right, coming up, we got uh, Happy Hour this Friday, Retro Metro. would love for you to come out, join us, 4 to 6, anytime in there. It doesn't have to be arrive at 4 and leave at 6. In fact, if you want dinner, you can, if you've been there, you know that uh, where we hang out uh, at Retro Metro and, and socialize, you can order food, you can order dinner. But if, if you want kind of a nice, we're quiet, uh, just you and, and well, maybe just you or, or you and, and your friends or your spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whomever it may be, uh, want to have a, a, a dinner after drinks. And I recommend you make a reservation for dinner. And then uh, join us for the happy hour portion of the evening at Retro Metro. And it's uh, just a good time for us all to hang out and enjoy one another's company. Also, Retro Metro is where we do Lunch Bunch every Wednesday. All you got to do is go get registered, ksgf.com for Lunch Bunch. And the random name drawing generator will pull names. And if yours is one of them, uh, you will be contacted. And uh, we'll get you on the calendar for a Wednesday. And on that particular Wednesday, you and up to five of your friends, coworkers, family members will join Sarah and me for lunch at Retro Metro. Okay. All right. Very good. We're going to talk with Congressman Burleson in the, oh, the weather. Thank you. In the 7 o'clock hour this morning, he is going to be calling in um, uh, Monday's Oftentimes, we're hopefully going to uh, be able to have him in studio uh, on some Mondays. We, last week, we talked about how their schedule, it, it varies. Some days, they're in session Tuesday through Friday, others Monday through Thursday. And, and so, depending on that schedule, uh, will depend on whether he is in studio or out of studio and whether we chat with him on a Monday or Tuesday. So, today will be Tuesday. We'll talk with him from Washington, D.C. If you do have any questions you'd like uh, for... Congressman Burleson to answer. Just send those into the American Transmissions. Talk at text line four four seven KSGF. There's a new study out. Eleven, er, the, the fifty most dangerous cities in the entire world. I mean, the world's a pretty. Da- you think about how dangerous some parts of the world are. Sorts of places you think I just how how one could even survive living there. Warlords, organized crime. Out of the 50 most dangerous cities in the entire world, 11 of them are in the United States. Anyone care to take a guess at what all 11 cities have in common? I suspect you have an idea that coming up. Um, plus, uh, Legacy Media slammed in a new Columbia Journalism review for botched Trump-Russia narrative. And, and part of what the review discovered is that not only 
does the legacy media not recognize, yeah, boy, we really screwed the pooch on that one. They double down. They live in their own little echo chamber where they give themselves awards and then use those awards as as um, proof that they did a good job. Uh, part of the review, and it it's uh, relatively in-depth, and, and it just is sadly hilarious at times when asked about all of the reporting that turned out not to be true. The New York Times was an outlet that said, no, no, we did a fantastic job. Look at these awards we gave ourselves as an industry. Look at all these awards. This is proof that we did a good job. What a undeniably pathetic and sad state of affairs for journalism in the United States today. Jason Rima with the latest news. A Lawrence County deputy has minor injuries after a crash on I-44 early Monday morning. The deputy had stepped out of his patrol car at an accident scene near the 57-mile marker when a semi started to slide toward him. The deputy jumped over the center median cable to avoid being hit. His patrol car was damaged. The city of St. Louis will pay a total of nearly $5.2 million for police officers' actions during a 2017 protest over the acquittal of an officer in the death of a black man. A class action lawsuit claims the protesters' rights were violated when officers surrounded and arrested everyone in the area. They were protesting the acquittal of former St. Louis police officer Jason Stockley in the shooting death of 24-year-old Anthony Lamar Smith. MoDOT is having a virtual public meeting on a bridge project in Springfield. That project would replace and upgrade the Missouri Highway 413 bridge on Sunshine Street, just east of the intersection of Sunshine and Scenic. And longtime broadcaster Chip Carey is taking over as the play-by-play voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. More than five decades after his grandfather and Hall of Fame broadcaster Harry Carey became a baseball staple with the same club, Valley Sports Midwest made that announcement in a hiring statement on Monday. I'm Jason Rima, Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work. Mostly cloudy, a slight chance of snow today. I have only 25. Mostly clear 15 tonight, 36 tomorrow. Partly sunny, 45 Thursday and then Friday. Happy hour day at Retro Metro. Sunny with a high of 42. 11 U.S. cities. Ranked among the 50 most dangerous in the entire world on this planet. This according to a recent report published by uh, Numbeo, a global quality of life database. All 11 are governed by Democratic mayors. Uh, Now, this is the political party that says they need to be in charge with federalizing certain aspects of local law enforcement Because they know how to have law and order put in place that leads to safer environments, you see. (laughs) Three U.S. cities, Baltimore, Memphis, and Detroit, are ranked amongst the 20 most dangerous cities on the entire planet. The three cities have more in common than just violent crime. All are run by Democrats. And, And what is... Perhaps most noteworthy about every one of these cities, it's not that they just happened to at this particular moment in time the study was done have Democrat mayors. These are cities in which people who have lived there their entire lives have never had any other representation other than Democrat representation. Generation 
after generation after generation. It has been one-party rule. It has been their way or the highway. There has been absolutely no alternative form or diversity of leadership uh, in any of these cities. And we get to see the results. We also get to watch this odd human affliction in which people punish themselves over and over and over again as the citizens of these cities who love to complain about how horrible things are, but when it comes to voting, they keep the exact same people in charge. Generation after generation after generation. Baltimore ranks 15 on the annual Dangerous Cities list. Again, this is in the the world. Memphis, Detroit, close behind at 18 and 19, respectively. Brandon Scott, just 38 years of age, is the mayor of Baltimore. Jim Strickland, Jr., an attorney and politician, the 64th and current mayor of Memphis, where the Memphis Police Department has just announced plans to permanently deactivate the unit that five of the officers involved in the beating of Tyree Nichols belongs to. Mike Dugan, meanwhile, currently serving as mayor of Detroit. Two more U.S. cities run by Democrats appear among the 30 most dangerous in the world, Albuquerque 23, where 45-year-old Tim Keller serves as the 30th mayor, and St. Louis at 27, where Tashara Oneida Jones has served as mayor since April of 2021. Uh, Incidentally, here's the trick that Democrats and the media often play to mislead people about the results of their leadership. The cities that they have run for generations that are in the top 20 or top 50 most dangerous cities in the entire world oftentimes will be in the middle of a red state. You look at Missouri, for example. You look at the county map. There's like three blue counties. You'll have one in St. Louis, you'll have one in Kansas City, you'll have one in the Columbia, Jeff City area. Generally speaking, when it comes to voting, Missouri is considered clearly a red state. There's not a statewide office holder that is anything other than a Republican. But then you have St. Louis, the 27th most dangerous city in the entire world, and that, in turn, makes if you look at the state overall, a little more dangerous. So what happens is Democrats will point to certain states. We're like, well, you know, uh, a number of these most dangerous states are red states. Well, that's because Democrat-run cities are in them. You take them out, and lo and behold, the state becomes one of the safest that exists. So don't let them throw you off with that misleading information because they do it quite, and they know exactly what they're doing. Do you ever notice that they don't hold up areas that generationally they have been in charge of, had sole authority of, as these examples of how wonderful things can be? Do you ever notice that? They're like, hey, look how awesome Baltimore is. You want more of that? Put us in charge everywhere. Look how fantastic Chicago is. Instead, they always have to lie about what's going on. When it comes to the most dangerous areas of the country, they have to lie uh, and and hide away their results by saying, well, it's in a red state. Mm, Yes, it is in a red state, but the dangerous part is the part you have control over. 
while you have the evil politicians like DeSantis, who is like, hey, check out Florida. Pretty awesome, isn't it? He doesn't have to really say it. People just know it. You don't have Gavin Newsom or Nancy Pelosi or any other Democrats that are are giving tours of the miles of tents where homeless people are urinating on themselves, sometimes on each other and doing heroin and like look at look at all the look at look at the the results of our policies. Isn't this grand? And when there is attention paid, they blame the people who have absolutely no control over it whatsoever, and that's the Republicans. New Orleans, run by Democrats, 35th most dangerous city in the world. Oakland, 38th. Milwaukee, 40th. Chicago, 43. Philadelphia, 46. Houston, 50. Note, St. Louis is significantly more dangerous than Chicago for all of the attention we pay to Chicago. In reality, St. Louis is worse. And as unfortunate as it is that St. Louis is part of Missouri, I would love to carve it out and give it to Illinois. The fact of the matter is, at, at some point you have to write the people off and say, you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. And I am sorry for those who are victims who do try to change the way things are done in cities like St. Louis by voting for some alternative option instead of the same thing over and over again. But at some point, you just got to either accept it, you know, win in Rome, or get the heck out of there. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Floors Plus, Nick's up. Floors Plus, Springfield. Everybody loves floors. You ever have people over at your house and, I don't know, they're going to sit there, put their kids down on the carpet and you're like, oh no, they're going to see how worn our carpet is and how dingy our carpet is. Maybe it's time for new carpeting. And if you have not purchased carpeting, in some period of time, you may be surprised to learn how much easier the upkeep is now on on carpeting with the advancements of technology and, and stain-resistant uh, uh, carpeting. And uh, it's not like it was once upon a time where once you spilled something, it was freak-out mode and your parents screamed and yelled at you because that was going to stain. Uh, the advancements are pretty remarkable, not just with carpeting, but all other sorts of flooring as well. Zero percent financing for 12 months currently at Floors Plus. For all of your flooring needs, they measure, they tell you here's what it'll cost, you book them, and then it is off to the races you go. Nixa location, Springfield location. They're under Nix endorsements, ksgf.com. Mainstream media partisan sloppy handling of the Trump-Russian collusion narrative has irreversibly damaged its credibility with the American public. This, according to an explosive four-part report, by investigative journalist Jeff Gerth that was released yesterday by the Columbia Journalism Review. Now, most of this, you're going to say, yeah. But you got to understand, 
folks inside the media bubble, this is all ir- this is just incorrect. Journalism today has an inability to self-reflect. Self-awareness is as dead as ethics are in journalism. And so while so many people might hope that the investigative four-part report by the Columbia Journalism Review will be a wake-up call for the industry of journalism, I'm telling you now, it ain't. It will be wholly ignored, rationalized, dismissed. In part one of the series entitled The Press Versus the President, Girth comes out swinging, naming specific outlets that drop the ball. Quote, holy blank, Bob Mueller is not going to do it, is how Dean Bakewit, then executive director of the New York Times, described the moment his paper's readers realized Mueller was not going to pursue Trump's ouster, Girth reported. In part three, Girth recounts how BuzzFeed News decided to publish a now-debunked Steele dossier, with then-editor Ben Smith deeming it, quote, a journalist no-brainer given how their outlet is a, quote, slightly fringy place. And it was a no-brainer to them. It was a no-brainer to all media. Why? Because their mission was to take down Trump. And they felt this was a no-brainer in terms of helping accomplish that goal. Despite Girth's revelations... And the withering quotes he collected from prominent media figures criticizing the reporting of outlets like the New York Times and the Washington Post, the Times, for its part, remained unrepentant, maintaining its reporting and analysis regarding the discredited Russiagate narrative specifically were always above reproach from the start. In a statement to the Columbia Journalism Review, the Times touted the journalism awards it won. Well, see, we have these awards. That means we did good. Adding that it thoroughly pursued credible claims, fact-checked, edited, and ultimately produced groundbreaking journalism that has proven true time and again. See, this is the willful detachment from reality. This is the bubble that they've crafted. We're going to get a break here, uh, just two and a half minutes, and continue on with these findings. Uh, Again, it's what you and I know. And so there is a bit of validation here, and at least there is some hope that there are some people in the world of journalism who recognize what a, a, a horrific landfill that journalism has become in this country today. But those who are the problem, again, they think that their you-know-what doesn't stink. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. In-depth investigative review by the Columbia Journalism Review uh, showing just what a, a horrific job legacy media did covering the trump russian narrative and um in part of what it found here is that legacy media refuses to believe it the new york times among others pointing to the fact that they won some awards that the industry gives itself and that proves that they did a good job girth 
who did the review, who has reportedly been investigating the Russiagate journalistic debacle for the past two years, refers to the Times as existing within its, quote, own bubble, writing that the damage to the credibility of the Times and its peers persists three years on and is likely to take on new energy as the nation faces yet another election season animated by antagonism towards the press. Girth's reporting highlights how adversarial the relationship between Donald Trump and the mainstream media was even before he ascended to the White House back in 2016. He recalls how the public used to trust the news, credibility that has now been largely squandered, he contends, by the debunking of the media's cherished Russiagate narrative. Now, that isn't the sole reason, but that certainly is one of the tent poles of the discrediting the media has done to itself. Today, only 20... 20- of Americans trust news generally, according to the Reuters Institute Annual Digital News Report of 2022. And incidentally, I should note the same people in the media who have earned with flying colors that distrust because they live in a bubble, because they live in an echo chamber, will never take credibility for that. They will blame Trump supporters. They will blame Trump. It is his fault that people don't trust them. Trump sat four interviews with the Columbia Journalism Review over the past several years, adamantly proclaiming his innocence, calling the Russian probe a witch hunt or a hoax, according to Girth. Quote, at times, Trump seemed almost to be toying with the press, offering spontaneous answers to questions about Russia that seemed to point to darker narratives. When those storylines were authoritatively undercut, the follow-ups were downplayed or ignored. Quote, during my interview with Trump, he appeared tired as he sat behind his desk, writes Girth. He wore golf attire and his signature red MAGA hat, having just finished 18 holes. But his energy and level of engagement kicked in when it came to questions about perceived enemies, mainly Mueller and the media. Trump made clear that in the early weeks of 2017, after initially hoping to get along with the press, he found himself inundated by a wave of Russia-related stories. He then realized that surviving if not combating the media, was an integral part of his job. Quote, I realized early on I had two jobs, the former president had said. The first was to run the country. The second was survival. I had to survive. The stories were unbelievably fake. And is that not a sad commentary? All of the battles that the president of the United States has to take on, And to internally have the entire media institution working overtime to try and take you down, to try to take down the president of the United States. So not only does he have to worry about all of the battles and fighting on behalf of the American people with wave after wave of obstacles that comes his way, some expected, some welcomed, some totally unexpected, at the same time he had to fight another front. And that was against Americans and media, whose number one priority was not reporting the news, not providing meaningful information to the average American, but taking down the president of the United States. And you think about all of the accomplishments that Trump was responsible for, whether it was the economy domestically, making our border more secure 
in terms of real meaningful results than most of us had ever seen. Making us energy independent, something that most people believed would never occur. Destroying ISIS's stronghold in Iraq and Syria. Keeping the Taliban from harming a single American for 14 months in Afghanistan from the point he said, that's it, it's, if you all touch another hair on the head of an American, you will be destroyed, it will be over, and it stopped. Stopping North Korea from the further enhancement of their nuclear capabilities. The Abraham Accords, peace in the Middle East between countries and Israel's things that the so-called experts claim could never, ever, ever happen. Now, he did all those. Ju- that's just off the top of my head. Can you imagine the advancements we could have made with this country and even in the world when you look at the increased stability that resulted from Trump's leadership? Had the media not been something that he had to fight off, and not for good reason, incidentally. It would be one thing if what they were reporting were true. But the fact that the reports, almost on a daily basis, would turn out to be untrue. And I'm not claiming that the media should be there for the purpose of doing what they do for Joe Biden or did for Barack Obama and lionize him and tell us how wonderful he is. But just be objective. Can you imagine how much better off as a country we would be had the media simply been objective and not eaten up some of the attention of the president as he had to constantly defend himself? It really, truly is sad, and as a world and a country, we're worse off because of the media's efforts. A traffic update. Now, I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty for all of your home buying, home selling needs. Honesty is clearly an important trade, right? We were surrounded by people who lie to us all the time. Generally speaking, elected officials, the media, it's just lies, lies. We don't even listen to it. So when you do meet somebody that's honest with you, uh, that is a gem of a thing. And here's the thing. Honesty is easy when it's easy. That may seem obvious, but it's not always. But sometimes the truth hurts, as they say. And several great escapes ago, uh, Emily and, and Will came along, and, and it was you know a fantastic time. And Emily would come on the show, or as anyone who goes on The Great Escape is more than welcome to do. And one of the things she talked about is learning to be honest early on. And that means I'm looking to sell my home, and I painted this amazing mural on the living room wall that I just think is awesome and incredible. And my family loves it, and they think that that is the most amazing thing. And it's going to be such a a draw to people looking to buy a home, and uh, maybe it isn't. She's going to let you know. Now, she's not mean. She's gracious. She's kind. But she also has your interest as her number one priority. And so if there are things about your home that she recognizes as an outsider who uh, of your home, that is, uh, and as an expert when it comes to real estate here in the area, she's going to let you know. Uh, you need to do this. Or maybe something you think needs to be changed doesn't. That's what she does. Emily Johnson, House Theory Realty. There is a Washington Free Beacon fact check that I just think is absolutely hysterical. 
and it clearly I, I guess you would call it satirical but perhaps just more plainly it's funny fact check now first you George Santos George Santos this is the newly elected Republican congressman from New York that is accused of vying for biggest liar against Joe Biden. And all the categories that George Santos is accused of lying about are categories that Joe Biden has lied about. Santos is accused of lying about his education background. Well, Biden's not just accused. I mean, he, he, he's been caught numerous times lying about his education background. Um, in fact, he had to drop out of a couple presidential races because of his lying regarding his education and his background. Santos is accused of lying about uh, aspects of his family. Of course, Biden clearly is. Santos has been accused of lying about his his resume, things that he's done. I mean, Joe Biden notoriously has done everything from uh, driven an 18-wheeler to whatever else he's claimed that he's done uh, as part of his storied history. Uh, Santos is accused of lying about uh, his background when it comes to potential criminality. Biden, of course, has, among other things, claimed that he was arrested while trying to visit Nelson Mandela down in South Africa, uh, among other uh, lies that uh, have been proven to be untrue. So it's pretty amusing to watch the media uh, just... Go nuts over Sant and the fact that, I mean, how could McCarthy even think about appointing him to some committee given what a liar he is? Well, again, I, I don't know whether he's a bigger liar. Joe Biden has had more time. So in fairness, Joe Biden clearly got a head start. But if you were to look at the the, the lies and and which of the two has told the the biggest lie. I don't know. I think it's pretty neck and neck. So that's Santos. So he, there's a fact check that was done by the Washington Free Beacon. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is actually George Santos in drag. Now, this is one of the other revelations about Santos. Evidently, Democrats hate people in drag now because this is the latest reason that they're going after him is because he uh, evidently at some point, once or more than once, I don't know, dressed in drag. And evidently, there is a rumor on the Internet that Gretchen Whitmer and George Santos are actually the same person and they have a side-by-side picture of the two. They write claim. Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Democrat Michigan, is not a real person. She's actually the drag queen alter ego of Representative George Santos, who said it, various sources and Internet sleuths. Why it matters, the Washington Free Beacon writes, that Gretchen Whitmer would be the first drag queen governor in American history. Even if Santos is technically prohibited from holding two public offices in different states, a genuinely inclusive society would prioritize the need for diverse representation over any legal issues that may arise. Additionally, if the governor of Michigan were revealed to be a Republican, the media might actually start investigating his slash her administration. Context. Santos is under fire for allegedly embellishing his/her resume during the 2022 campaign, among other things. 
Mainstream journalists are naturally obsessed with Santos, a freshman congressman from Long Island who has essentially no power and has devoted an inordinate amount of time and resources to following his or her every move. They are considerably less interested in fact-checking President Joe Biden, for example, the most powerful geezer in the world. Analysis regarding whether or not Gretchen Whitmer actually is George Santos in drag. They report we could not find a single photo of George Santos and Gretchen Whitmer in the same room together. That's very suspicious, they note, but not definitive. Our proprietary facial recognition software identified a number of statistically unlikely similarities between the two persons, but was unable to determine with scientific certainty whether they are, in fact, the same individual. So the verdict, no rating, inconclusive. (laughs) Now, this is funny for a couple of different reasons. And generally speaking, if you have to explain why something's funny, it's not. But on the surface, you just know it's funny because it's funny. But the underlying current here is a mirror image of how it is that the mainstream media fact checks Republicans. And they will take oftentimes the most absurd claims, speaking of the earlier segments and the analysis of Russia, Russia Gate and the absurd coverage of Russia Gate. And oftentimes they will acknowledge that, well, we can't really prove this accusation, but we can't definitively say that it isn't true. Therefore, it's inconclusive. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. A1 Custom Car Care, all of your car care needs, big, small, in between. You know, Valentine's Day is coming up and may not be the most romantic gift in the world. Maybe you had a gift to yourself. Maybe you love your car. You've got a twisted sort of relationship like Christine, possibly. And what better gift to give your car to demonstrate your love than to make sure that your car has routine maintenance? See how I made it topical there? A1 Custom Car Care for all of your car care needs for over a decade. I've been taking all my vehicles there, and uh, I will tell you, much like actual love, you don't always want the cheapest. Maybe once in a while it'll do, but when it comes to true, deep, meaningful love, you want quality, and that's what you get with A1 Custom Car Care, which is why they are able through most work to give you a three-year, 36,000-mile warranty. Uh, That's more than a lot of relationships. A1 Custom Car Care for all of your car care needs. Uh, let's see, do I have time for this story? Mm, oh, let's do this. This will be fun. Speaking of Joe Biden and his constant lies, you combine that with his apparent dementia and you get somebody who tells the same lies over and over and over again. Guess which lies back? Do you know which lies back? He's got. He's bringing back one of the one of the lies. It's one of his more standard lies that has incidentally been proven. I mean, nobody even argues. Well, uh, it's disputed, or well, if you look at it this way, it could be true. Everyone, his own people, either don't say anything or or they acknowledge that it also is a lie. 
the fact that there are so many I that know. immediately come to my I mind. Know. I don't know. I don't know. It's the Amtrak story. Oh, okay. Now, this is a story where he claims that at one point... Now, he, so I'm going to play the audio, and you're like, well, why are you explaining the background of the story? Well, because this storytelling that he gives, which is quite short, is one in which he is vexed by his apparent dementia. And so you can't really necessarily even understand what he's talking about anyhow. But we know because he's he's talking about Amtrak, and this is the lie he's told in the past where some guy that worked on Amtrak, he, you know, Biden claims that he was bragging about flying a million miles on Air Force Two, and then this guy at Amtrak was like, oh, Mr. Vice President, now that's not, you know, or, or you, you rode over a million miles on Amtrak, and because evidently this guy who worked at Amtrak kept uh, running total for whatever weird reason. And uh, and and so uh, that's his story to illustrate how in touch he is with people who ride Amtrak and, and trains. Uh, but there's a number of reasons we know that this is untrue. Some of it has to do with when he hit that million mile mark and the guy had been dead for years and so forth. And so it's just, again, one of these incidents in which it's just a lie. But because he's Joe Biden, he tells it over and over again. And this is his latest version of the story when i was vice president i flew over a million miles on air force two and i was uh going home as a united states uh, as vice president and one of the conductors said to me hey joe big deal million whatever 200 you said you've all you've traveled over a million miles on amtrak said, how the hell do you know that and they added it up at there but folks look i made a thousand trips through this tunnel i love how he sometimes just stops mid-sentence and starts something else. It makes it difficult to follow. It is reminiscent to me of a scene in The Office where Michael Scott begins abbreviating everything in order to... Somebody's like, why do you keep doing this? And he says, well, it saves time. And then they explain to him, actually, it takes more time because we have to stop and ask you what it is that you're talking about because we don't understand what you're saying. And that takes more time than it would for you to not abbreviate everything for the sake of saving time. That's what I think about when Joe Biden gives these little stories and then he just stops part of way through the sentence and picks up the next sentence. Uh, I don't believe, though, that he's doing it for the purposes of saving time as much as, again, it's it's the apparent dementia uh, that he is is in the middle of suffering. But, yeah, I, it just, at, at some point, do what do you do with the guy? I do wonder if they have even bothered at this point or if they continue to bother to say, don't tell that story. Every time he is at some sort of event that involves a train, that involves Amtrak, that involves traveling, if they say, hey, listen, don't tell that story, or if they figure there's no point in even, just let him do it. Everyone knows that he has dementia, uh, and so uh, there's no point in hiding it at this point. We'll just ignore it. He did add some additional information about his ride on Amtrak. Now, this story I have not heard before. Anytime I see a train door open, I head for it. By the way, I can say it now since I know the uh, there's different leadership. I used to about uh, 15% of the time ride with the engineers. For real. 
and I'm the only guy that I'm aware of when I stopped riding Amtrak that had a key to get in the back. So uh, you, you can tell your predecessor he's gone after that. So about 15% of the time, and I'm guessing that's pretty accurate because if Joe Biden's good with anything, it's numbers and his memory, that 15% of the time he rode with the engineer. Did he actually, did they give him a special seat? Is this not to keep referencing to why, or referencing the office, but is this on the uh, the, the, the little um, work cruise where Dwight was told he was captaining the ship by, <laughs> you remember that episode? He's yes. up front and because <laughs> the captain just trying to get rid of him uh, because he's an annoyance and he won't stop bothering him. So he's like, hey, buddy, uh, uh, you know what? Uh, how would you like to steer the ship for a while? And there's this, you know, the big wheel up front that doesn't do anything. It's for kids. But but Dwight thinks he's steering the ship. Is this what it was? They gave him a little uh, uh, hat to wear and a little pin. And they're like, oh, OK, uh, Mr. Vice President, you're in charge now. Is that what occurred? You think they really gave him a key? One of the characteristics of a story like this is you can hear the audience laugh because they believe that he's joking and then that's when he almost he pushes back a bit by pulling out the I'm serious no joke like what are you laughing for why are you laughing at me I'm telling you a true story here and then there's that sort of uncomfortable fading away of the laughter the President of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. Kind of dark in here. All right, mark your little calendar, if you will. There is another Local for Less Ozark half price deal coming up this Friday. If you have the app and you've got the alerts activated on your app, you will get a heads up at, I believe, 9 o'clock on Friday for this half price deal and then 10 o'clock. Uh, we'll let you know when it goes live, and it is a $50 gift card for only $25 to Momo Sushi and Grill. That is on Republic Road if you've not been there. It is relatively new. Uh, I believe it opened within the last year. If if it's uh, been longer than that, not much longer than that. I, I've been there a couple of different times, and uh, I always had great food. Once I, got, once I was there, it was in the middle of the day. It was by myself. Uh, and then, uh, a guy got some to go just this past Saturday and, uh, it's always been really good. So that is a $50 gift card for $25. It is one per person on this particular deal and there are a limited amount. So they will go quickly, which is why I recommend again, that you either set an alarm on Friday on your phone, some sort of reminder, um, or again, if you download the KSGF app and you have the little alerts on, then it will alert you. And that is at ksgf.com, I should note, where you will find that. We'll speak with Congressman Eric Burleson coming up in the uh, upcoming hour. He is in Washington, D.C., so uh, we'll have that chat over the phone. If you have any questions of him, uh, you can text in 447-KSGF. 